and welcome to the first Variant Hex board game podcast. My name is Kelly, and in this episode, we'll be talking about our experiences at Gen Con. But first, you may be wondering, what is Variant Hex? Well, that's the alias that we call our board gaming group. That includes myself, Kelly, my husband, Aaron, and some of our friends. We started a website, a blog, and some social media accounts about five years ago, and most notably, I've run a 180-day countdown to Gen Con for the last two years on Instagram. So chances are, if you've heard of us at all, that's where you know us from. Playing board games together has strengthened our friendships and kept us connected to one another. We hope this podcast will continue to enhance that as we share our love of gaming with others. That said, there are three things to know about this podcast. One, there is no format. It will usually be myself, Kelly, and my husband, Aaron. Our other friends are likely to pop in as well. We have some ideas for recurring segments or themes, and we anticipate the episodes being an hour or less. There is no schedule. That's thing number two. We'll just post these as we finish them. That might mean a few a week. That might mean one a month. So be sure to subscribe in the podcast app of your choice to know when we've posted a new episode. And lastly, number three, there are no ads. We aren't looking to monetize this in any way. We won't be asking you to contribute to a Patreon. Using Variant Hex at the end of anything being sold online should not get you a discount on that item. As far as what we have coming up, we'll have at least one more episode about Gen Con for sure. We'll talk about the finances of attending a convention and some of our tips like what we've learned and advice that we're going to give ourselves and others um, if they're planning on attending next year. We've been playing through the games we bought, so we're likely to have an episode about first impressions of those. And beyond that, who knows? We'll see. We'll definitely be talking about board games. And now I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our first Gen Con. Okay, so Aaron. Kelly. Out of 10. Yeah. What would you rate Gen Con all oh, four days as a whole? Out of 10. And I'm going to, you know, one to 10 is kind of, you know, it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. Uh, so what I'm going to compare it to is one being uh, this Gen Con sucked and I hated every bit of it and it's nothing like what I expected. And oh, ten, nothing like you expected. And okay. 10 being uh, this Gen Con is everything I expected it to be in a little bit more. Only a little bit more for 10. I'm going to say a 7. You're going to say a seven. I'm going to say a seven. I think your range is a lot narrower narrower than mine is. I think a one would be, why did I waste my time, money, and energy 180 days for this counting down? That would be a one. A one would be like abysmal actively encouraging people not to go. Yeah. I think a 10 would be like rainbows on unicorns. So there's no a... way it's getting a 10. Well, I don't know that. There was now, a pink unicorn carpet, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. No. And it's not getting a 10, but I would say 8.7. Oh, decimal. I, I was sticking, I was going to stick with integers. No, I need the decimal. Oh, all right. I need all the right. decimal. And um, really, I, I think I need to, I need the decimal to say that it really isn't far from a nine. I think a 10 would have been, I think a 10 would have been things like, oh, I won a i don't know like a like a huge raffle prize package and i also you know i don't know it would have to be those kind of like 
cosmic kind of level events. I think if you had one one of the like we bought a, a that campaign that campaign game that's a Sleeping Gods. The Sleeping Gods, it's a hundred bucks. If you had one Sleeping Gods instead of paying for it. Yeah, I think it would be something like that. Like if you if winning some kind of big prize package, it'd be the kind of thing that was even be an awesomeness beyond your control. Oh, right. So I think that a nine is like perfectly awesome within your control. Like I did all things. And I'm at 8.7. So I'm really close to within my control awesome, I'd say, for mm-hmm. this Gen Con overall. So we're going to break it down a little further. Yeah, let's do it. And our first kind of section, we're going to go through games, events, people, and food. So kind Ooh. of those four... Those four elements that would really be at any kind of convention. Now, this is our first convention overall, so we're not even comparing it to something else that we've been to. No, yeah, have not, have not, have not done this before, which is ridiculous. We've done so many board game things. Yeah. So I'm going first on games again. Go first on games. You can still do it out of ten, or you can just talk about it. You don't have to give everything a rating. Okay. Well, I, I think the the games uh, in and of themselves fantastic. I think it it never ceases to amaze me how many different ways people creatively put together bits and bobs to make something right. entertaining and strategic bits of cardboard yeah it's just have it, brought us it's, all it's this fantastic i'll say though from a holistic viewpoint of the games i think that a lot of the uh board game makers uh and exhibition uh folks hired people who aren't like permanent employees for them to, to oh, yeah. staff the con mm-hmm. and they had varying levels of skills at demoing the games and understanding the games well, and i think be... the ones that were amazing all right I, and I, I wanted to talk about it in games because it, the demos okay. were either good or bad. Oh, okay. And that's your You're putting point. that into the game, the demo itself. Yeah, I thought the people was the attendees. I don't, I don't know what you're about. Oh, okay. You mean the okay. people who worked there? I mean the well, I've people. Messed, I've messed up the categories. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Um, but no, I think I, I, getting to see all the different games, getting to demo yeah. them, getting to watch people who are excited about them play them, super fun. Um yeah, I think we got lots of fun stuff in our show. Before we went to, to, to Gen Con, our shelf of shame was at zero. Yeah, absolutely zero. That was a this year sort of thing. Early on, we decided to play through our entire collection, which is not quite 200 games. Um, and ever since then, anytime we've bought a game, we have played it within a week, if not like within 24 hours. I don't know what the next week holds for you, but I don't think we're going to make it. There are some one-player games in there, oh, that's and I do, I do like having, out. I do like having nothing on the shelf of shame. Only in that sense of, you know, if you're going to buy it, use it. So I think that if you start to have more than you're actually using, that was the same impetus to play through all the games. Yeah. If you have more than you're using, you know, what are you, what are you really doing? So that's how I see it. I know other people see it as more of just a collecting it to have it, and that's what makes them happy. But I want it to be a used sort of thing, yeah. not a. I'm a, I'm very excited about the idealized work that we picked up this week. It is ideal. Games are idealized work, and yeah, we have a whole table full downstairs. So I think for games, I know that I heard often at the different booths that um, publishers. You would say, oh, what about this game? What about that game? And they're like, it's on, it's in a shipping container somewhere. Right. So I think that there weren't maybe as many games. I think there's definitely not as many games that are usually there. There weren't as many publishers as there usually is either, usually are either. Um, so some of the things that I think maybe you were seeing more older games, previously released games, instead of it, I... It's my understanding that maybe it's a little more like released at Gen Con in, in previous years. So oh, there were just a few, it seemed like that. They were like that. Right. So there's some things that were like pre-order otherwise you could get. Um, but there wasn't like, 
oh, this is so new. Really everything there. I'm trying to think, was there anything there that I saw that I like straight up had not heard of before? I don't, I don't know that there was a lot. Not that you would be interested in. I mean, there's a lot of games, styles that you don't care about that you mm. probably haven't heard of. But yeah. There was, I think there was a fair number of Kickstarters that haven't shipped, but were they there? Yeah, because Cascadia um, from, was that AEG? Mm-hmm. Um, we got that in from Kickstarter less than a month ago, maybe yeah. about a month ago. Yeah, so, so and they had that there. So shipping or, or not yet shipped. Right. That and that is true. Available retail. And there were, we picked up Flourish. And that was maybe a, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter edition, but it does seem to be a special like signature edition. So I think they had some of those for Everdell as well. So there were some special edition. I definitely saw other Kickstarter editions there. So if you kind of miss out on the Kickstarter, then you could see it in person and kind of look at that. So not maybe as many games as there typically are. Again, we were coming in fresh. There were still more than enough there, more than enough to play uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think the games are... I think they were perfectly fine. And it's kind of nice that it's not just all about the newest, hottest thing, that some maybe older stuff you actually do get a chance to see and pick that up because there's, I mean, if they didn't make games for a year, we'd all still have more than enough to play and discover. So, right. yeah, that didn't bother me. So the events, we did events on um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We didn't yep. really do any events on Sunday. And then as... We, got the, we watched the dragon get destroyed. That's true. We did watch the dragon. Well, no, we didn't do any ticketed. Right, Nothing, right, nothing right, that we right. needed ticketed. So yeah, we did that. Saturday night, we did watch Card Hala. Mm-hmm. And I helped clean up Card Hala. You did I not. watched bags for you. Yeah. I, I told the other people uh, that we were with that were helping that that would be your personal hell. Because it's just cards everywhere and it's just it's an absolute mess so card hollow they build it up all week they make card towers out of old mostly magic cards and then there's a charity event on saturday night where you can bid to throw um the first coin really i think they're yeah, always throwing throw coins. coins yeah i mean you could throw dollars but they don't knock the right over. and then after the first throws go everyone can throw money at it and i think they raised over a thousand dollars yeah i think it was like seventeen hundred dollars they had some yeah. some cash and also i think seven dollars in coins yeah and that's been going on for quite some time so that's a yearly thing and it's right when you first walk in is where they build it when you walk in from georgia street anyway um and that's where they build card hollows. You can just go in there at any time throughout the week, build that up. So that was one of the other events that we went to. That's also a not ticketed one. Um, went to the Dice Tower Top 10, yeah, which was, was a good fun. time. We did the uh, costume contest. You were here or there about the costume contest. Apparently, usually they do a parade. And I think I'd be fine enough with a parade, like just seeing them kind of go by. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily have to sit in the auditorium and watch like the formal contest. Yeah, there were a lot of things I didn't like about the costume contest. The costumes I liked. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I didn't like how the contestants had reasonably a, a very fairly wide variance in, in how they were presented. So some of them yes. got like uh, a, a, a ten second blurb, and some of them had like a two minute dance, and then said words into a microphone. Yeah, there was musical cues. It's it sort of like you know, it's a costume contest, not a singing contest. I think. Um, were there singing? What was there singing? Well, they were supposed to be singing, but she missed her cue. Really? Okay, I didn't even realize. Oh that. yeah, the guy said with well, the the guy read the thing in front of him. He was like, "It says to me that turn on the music and she'll sing," and like they had they had put a microphone on the stage for her. Like okay. the microphone guy was just like putting a stand microphone up and down. 
Oh, okay. Onto the stage so the thing. you're you were seated to my you were seated to my left. I was like directly behind the person that I think was streaming it, like the cameraman oh, that was right. streaming yeah, the it. Camera guy was so I could there. really only see what the cameraman was putting yeah. on the camera. So and that was you I know. just honestly I thought the production quality would be better for it. Um, it was a uh, you know somebody poorly reading from a script, giving well, giving I also, liner notes to himself. I also think though, in a sense, you're complimenting the Dice Tower saying that. Because their production quality for their top 10 was really good. They had uh, the same bumpers that they usually have when you, you know, you watch online when they're in the studio and those were playing. And I think it was clear that the guys don't usually hear the music from that because they were reacting to the music, which at home when you're watching on YouTube, you're always hearing that music. And, you know, they're just waiting for it to end to go on to their next number. Um, But it was completely smooth. Yeah. Yeah. The contrary to the how did you like the costume contest? I liked it, I, but I like I said, I think the parade would have been fine enough for me, like just seeing them. And I also felt like, yes, there were people in the formal cosplay contest, but just walking around, I felt like I saw um, costumes cosplay that was as good as what was actually in the show. And I don't really know how how you sign up, how that works, or like are the ones that are in the show people like actually made those versus just like buying one like i don't really know what the distinction is there but it yeah. seemed like cosplay I think was i think Con- Gen Con. but i think cosplay was different than costume and oh, i right but i don't i don't know well, yeah. more about that and maybe maybe there are supposed to be theatrics to it and i just and people right even, i don't know stuff but yeah I, we're I coming in care. fresh we don't really know i but did not care for that bit of it i think there might be a difference there i did like the other types of events that we did were the the play testing or playing games yeah and that was like we play I, tested, I would like uh, to be better about getting tickets online. And by me, I mean Kelly is going to be better because obviously I don't do any of that. She does it all. Well, you could. I know I could. You have a but, whole year. Yeah. But those were a, super fun. The calendar events could start now. It could. I don't yeah. think it's a published thing. But reminders? Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how we got Gen Con tickets in the first place. I know. That's why I'm not going to let this go. All right. So the uh, they were very fun. We yes. played. We played two. We did two of those types of events. We played uh, an expansion for for Lost, Lost Ruins, Ruins of Arnok, yeah, uh, which was great fun. And then we got up at eight a.m. Uh, we we were there at eight a.m. Yeah, we were there at eight a.m. We got to up play, before that uh, to play Catacombs uh, uh, Monster Pit. Mo- Catacombs Monster Pit, which we didn't know. We that was in the first exposure playtest hall, so we right. didn't know what we were going to play. They were actually looking for all women. To yeah, play, I made the cut. Yeah, they were fresh out of ladies. So uh, we came in together, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And you were about to pick another one that was, I think, some kind of resource management shenanigans, yeah, which I probably would have really enjoyed. But I also really liked right. the the we got to yeah, play it with nice. the game maker yeah. as our guide. They yeah, were really great. Um, if I was better at this, I would have their names. No, I don't. I'm, I'm also not the person that knows names, but. It was great. We played the like most advanced version yeah. of the game as well. I think I would have been okay with an intro on not that. So we had different modules and stuff. And they were asking, it's going to come to Kickstarter soon. I think he said within the next month or so. And they're trying to figure out how many dice do we actually need to put in there? Um, how, like, just what kind of components and what component quality is a good fit? Um, they had a very nice playmat, neoprene playmat. Yeah. And they were kind of saying... You know, standard would be a board, and then maybe this playmat be an add-on. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, they asked our feedback. It'll be interesting to see what ends up forming the Kickstarter 
from everybody's. Yeah, but know? I think that's definitely one that we're going to check out and back. I think they said it's going to come online next week, next month. Next month, yeah. It should be should be fun. So I'm pretty jazzed about it. Those so, yeah, events both, were fantastic. Both of those events were great. Yeah. Um, do we? What else do we have tickets to? We did tickets for the... We had another like a playtesty thing where we played Chroma, which was great. It was fine. It was very expensive. Yeah, they got... It was It's like a $30 game. And he was like, oh, it's going to price point for 70 and it failed on Kickstarter. Well, it failed because it's a plastic triangle. It's not plastic. That's maybe the problem. No. It's a wooden triangle that's lit up. I don't know what it's made of. It might be... It might not be wood. Well... But it is, it's a, a triangle board it's a good with a game. Rec- it has like a frame on it. Yeah. So then recessed in that frame is like a, a lit board that has kind of like blockus where, you know, but there's not really raised edges, are there? But it's a blockus kind of, it's a block, oh, not well, in the middle. not in the middle. Yeah. It's a blockus kind of feel, but with triangle shapes yeah. instead and I, of Apparently shapes he said that formed off the squares. colors were easier to see, but we were playing with the dim board because they didn't charge the batteries properly. No, that was the people next to us. He told us ours was dim too when we were walking away. Oh, it was a bright hall. And there is a video on Dice Tower, one of their spectaculars that was kind of a while ago, I think during the that Kickstarter. Um, where you can watch it, like there's videos online of it being played. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It, I had really bad luck. I was purple and I kept pulling out yellows, which kind of did nothing for me. So you can be a little defensive, Yeah. but that was, that was not the best. I had really good luck. Yeah. So we just felt like for what it was, the depth that it had, and then the price point, it wasn't quite right. So it either would need more depth to feel like there was more gameplay there to justify the price point, or it would need to just be less money if it was going to be. Yeah, and I like think the that. last event that we went to was the was the nerd comedy thing, and I could have taken or left that. Now, the guy that said he didn't mean to buy the present, like the performer ticket. Yeah, he, was, meant, he meant to sit in the audience, and he ended up doing open mic. Yeah, and it was excellent. He was definitely my favorite. I was sad that he um, didn't end up getting the win for that. He was probably happy. He said he had anxiety. But then I, I related with that because I also have anxiety. At one point, he went underneath the table to finish up his little comedy set and he said it was felt a lot better under there um yeah, yeah so that that was really fun now i also went to a crochet thing oh which first thing in the morning on and thursday i would say that if you're talking about things that brought my level down from a nine or above into the eights that is doing a lot of the work that is that is really dragging things down quite a bit um we, I thought it was going to be more of a class. It was not. Someone else left in uh, rather upset that it was not more of a class. It was really just some yarn and some scanned patterns. And I could have done that on my own. So it was definitely failed to meet expectations. And it made me less likely to do those kind of classes there again. Now, I doubt that's representative of everything. Um, but I think if it had been like a minis painting class and then they had all the paint there, that would maybe be more valuable than bringing some yarn and not even enough yarn in the right colors for me to do the patterns that were there. Or the right size hook. Or the right size hook. That's accurate. Which I don't know anything about, but that's what you said. No, but I mean, great job. That yeah. is exactly what I said. And it, it, she's right. It wasn't like a big deal to not have the right size hook, but in combination with everything else, I expected it to be like a little kit yeah. to make your thing. And it was not. It was just some skeins of yarn some hooks, some scans, right. the end. And I felt like, well, I could have done that for these people for possibly less money. Yeah. So that was events. Overall, I did like them. We got, did get on a little late, so we kind of picked from what was left. 
Um, but I think we will do more of just the game. Play testing and things like that. Yeah, I would do the play testing more than once instead of just one time. Oh, absolutely. Because that was, that was really fun. Um, and yeah, the the Arnick just said special event. It didn't say like you're playing the expansion. So I right. didn't know what it was going to be. No, that was pretty fun. But yeah, that was that was very cool. Yeah, if you haven't tried asymmetric Arnock, get ready. Yeah, get excited. Get ready. For expedition leaders, I think is what it was called. So people, overall, the crowd, the people demoing the games, people leading the classes, the people, you know, serving food, everything like that. Just the people. I think that the we'll start with the, the people who did the most work and uh, should be lauded. I thought, like, I routinely saw people who were in service roles just being excellent. Oh, okay. The people who who serve food both at the convention center and in the food trucks, yeah. Uh, and even the people who were like cleaning up trash, like were, were seemed like it was very clean. It was routinely. Picked it was up very lights. clean. Um, I, I think also about the people, and I'm using this like at large. I think that you didn't see um, like individuals just leaving trash and being careless. I think yeah. there was like a spirit of respectfulness and positivity and helpfulness. Which I'll also say about Card Hall at the end, um, I didn't like anticipate staying to clean up, but then we kind of did. And um, you did just feel that spirit of helpfulness and people kind of looking out for one another at the uh, costume contest. It was close between a guy cosplay contest. I think we might be being like insensitive or or deme like I think we maybe need to be calling it cosplay, not costume. I'm guessing there's a difference. Oh, I don't know, but well, I think there might be a difference. Anyway, I don't intend to look yeah. at me not knowing stuff. Yeah. So at the cosplay, um, there was a guy for you know that had a thing. I don't even know what he was. And there were some kids that were the like Full Metal Alchemist. There's I think he was thing. like Shikan or Shikane or something like that. See, I I didn't know what it was. It wasn't a character. It, I'm it familiar did with. look very, oh, it very well impressive. done. Like, it looked very well done. Like objectively, was the best costume. But the three kids together, I I'm not a big Full Metal fan, but. Like it was recognizable to me, even not as a fan. It was super cute. Um, one of them had trouble in his hit her costume getting down the stairs, which was a little bit of comic relief during it, and I think also got the sympathy of the crowd. So they had a crowd favorite award, and they were clapping for one or the other, and they kind of kept going back between those two. Like they had us applaud again and again, and after a while, just didn't want to give it to the kids. Get the kids, yeah. After a while, um, the guy, the solo guy that was uh. That was part of the contest. He was kind of telling the crowd to like quiet down and just give it to give the kids. And I think that sort of spirit is uh, the same thing you see everywhere else. I think that extends to picking up trash and kind of taking care of the space and being respectful. Yeah, I mean, I think overall and in general, I feel like it was an incredibly inclusive and friendly yeah. experience. I feel like I didn't see or hear any. It just it just was great. It was it, yeah. It you like didn't you yeah. You group, didn't hear a bunch of nonsense going on you, either. You just felt like you were a group around a group of like like minded individuals really enjoying their hobby, and it was yeah. it was fun. And I'll say that um, mass compliance, which I also put on my story, was excellent. Stupid high. You wish that any passing grocery store could have the same kind of. Mass compliance. We're not, and it wasn't we're not like, talking about like we're talking about nose coverage. We're, yeah, it wasn't just like people had it roughly around their chin or ears. It was like over the nose, under the chin, for like so for so many people to you. It made you realize how infrequently that is true. So that's another place where I feel like 
everyone, who knows what anyone's different beliefs are or feelings or opinions on that matter is, but it did feel like everyone was observing that because they wanted to protect the space and make sure that we could make this happen. And, you know, you put that in jeopardy by not following the very clearly stated rules about it. Yeah, no, it was, there were, yeah. there were big mask signs. Yeah, there are lots of mask signs. Mm. Mask up indie, I think is the hashtag. Tag it. Okay. It must be time for us to move on to food. What did you think about the food mm-hmm. available? I'm going to use a number score for the food. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go six out of 10 on the food. Okay. Um, I think food trucks are great. Food trucks just aren't my thing. So for me, it gets a, it gets a lower mm-hmm. score. Um, because you could also include things that were not just the food trucks. Well, I think the, well, I mean, the food at the convention center was, I mean, also fine. I think it was as good as expect. the average food truck. Oh, yeah. Well, and I thought it was it was a little bit cheaper than the food trucks to get food in the convention center. And it was like, uh, you know, like chicken tenders and fries, which are as good as chicken tenders and fries you're going to get anywhere. Yeah. Except if you get like, you know, it's not like Jagger's chicken tenders and fries. And that that's a personal favorite of mine. Yes. Yeah. No. But it was I mean, it, it held its own in, in terms of what it was. The I think the prices were reasonable for uh, for convention. convention food. A part of it's our fault, like or not really our fault, but we chose not to take the time to 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 get a table and sit down at a restaurant. That's true, so but that's also a little difficult to do downtown that we could have done. But it, you know, it's busy, and there's less. I think if there had been as many restaurants as a normal year with the crowd that there was, that would be less true. But a lot of restaurants downtown have closed right. and a lot less business. And that's just, you know, that's just kind of the and way now it's it. harder to get. And I think we are... could have like, when I didn't go into the mall at all the whole time. And again, the mall also has less stores than it right. used to. Um, I, we went over there one time because we thought that, but the mall closes early as well. We were going to go up to the arcade on, right. I think maybe even the first Wednesday, night, yeah, Wednesday Thursday night. or Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, but we also could have went over there. It has just a regular food court. So right. like, you, yes, you have that convention food, convention food pricing, but, you can stretch out a little bit in downtown and just get regular kind of pricing. A, a couple shout outs though. Uh, the Georgia Street Grind makes delicious espresso. Oh yeah. The Once you found that, that really, that really changed things. That really upped my morning. And it's still uh, a six, even with the coffee. Yeah. I mean, the coffee game was really, really strong. And then also uh, the the place where I was getting burgers, Harry and Izzy's. The, I mean, they, they just yeah, had, they like, had two a Dragon's Breath burger and then like a regular cheeseburger. Honestly, but those burgers were the good. The Dragon's Breath had like fiery Cheetos on it, which I liked, but I don't care about the fiery Cheetos. The burgers were, I got like six of those damn things perfectly cooked every time. Yeah. They were, they were really good. And they had $2 tater tots. And they were great tater tots. And I only got them once or twice though, because I started eating too many. You know, I got you know. Yeah, at some point, I had to stop eating fried potatoes because yeah. that just becomes a default. And it is pretty good out of a food truck to get fried potatoes. But yeah, those two dollar tater tots, like I was, that was perfect. Especially if you're going to be walking a lot, possibly drinking right. Sun King, because they, of course, had. Um, oh yeah, the Genevieve beer was great too, as well. Yeah, I think I think the six out of ten comes from like a, a lack of things that I would have chosen to select. So there, I mean, there, there yeah. were barbecue places, there was cookie places and sweets places, which I don't really mm-hmm. do that. So that's there. There were some other places, but you know, uh, that burger was so good, I didn't feel like giving it a shot with some of the other food trucks. Right. You had a tenderloin that was only that food truck was only that was like, the legendary. I only saw it once. Maybe yeah. it was there other times. Oh, now that tenderloin looked amazing. It I was, was the sad. only thing on it. the menu. So at first, I said I'm not gonna do any places with whiteboard menus, and I was just looking for a level of commitment. But I also get that like a whiteboard menu allows you to change it and what right. you have, and that could also mean fresher food instead of just the stale whatever. Um, so I said that early in the week, I maybe broke that once. Um, but 
the legendary had just one item on the menu. It looked amazing on and Saturday. I, I felt like that's got to say something. If you come, you bring the whole truck, one thing. Yeah. And it was amazing. And that, that's similar. Harry and Izzy's were just serving those yeah, hamburgers, hamburgers and shrimp cocktail. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know their thing, but. I got one of those burgers. I got Hotbox a couple of times. And Hotbox was bringing pizza down from their location at the mm. other end of Georgia Street. So they were kind of right. bringing it down there and keeping it warm. So that, you know, that that helps. Um, I got the pizza twice and that and that. Yeah, the hamburger once. Yeah. So and those were stands were there all the time. I did not get island noodles. That is kind of like a crowd. I did get the island noodles favorite, one time. I think. You know what? Uh, our friends our friends said that they didn't like the island noodles from previous years. So I didn't get them until the last night. And, and they, they also bad. got them. They got yeah. them when you got them. Yeah, I, I know. Think. And they weren't bad. Yeah. I might have eaten more of them. Yeah. I think in previous years, it's even busier. And then. Just the line for island noodles. Is I waited longer. exactly thirty seconds for my island noodles. I said chicken. And there you go. I said island noodles with teriyaki chicken, and they said great. And before I looked down, they had slid them over in front of me. That's excellent. But it was like nine p.m. You know, right? The the and the other was one day where it was real quiet out there. I don't know if that was Saturday because there was other things going on in the plaza. Because things did stretch on the plaza, and we didn't spend much time over there. Right. So that also, I think, may have been you know an even better experience i would say for the food overall i had a couple tenderloins really good i had some tacos that oh, were amazing i, I think tacos. it was maybe poblanos but i could be wrong for the name of the food truck that was like i just wanted some fresh actual food instead of like everything fried and those tacos absolutely hit the spot yeah, you know what maybe it's a six out of ten for me because i just made bad choices you're, yeah you're i think you had to kind of find you had to kind of find the right thing i would give that i mean if i'm you did it out of ten I might give the food, I think I'd give the food like a nine. Oh, nice. Because I think there were, there were options. And what was nice on the, on the inside of the convention center, it was very quick to like, you could get food was, pretty yeah, fast. The lines, the lines were not bad. Outside the lines could be bad. And I think maybe yeah, the outside lines my, were rough. I, I don't like to, to eat standing up or outside. And that's basically what we did all weekend. And I think yeah. that has and a lot. And it was hotter than I expected it to be. So when you're out there, you know, trying to stand in line, it was Real summer temperatures. It was yeah. in the upper 80s this week. Okay. We are going to move on to some of the more abstract things. Purchases cost oh, and yeah. then logistics and equipment. So purchases and costs. Um, we ended up buying 18 games. Nice. And we is really me. I'm kind of in charge of purchases. Oh, I made zero purchasing decisions. Yeah. So we bought about 18 games. The average price we paid per game was $30. So you can, yeah, do that math of what Thanks, we spent AEG. overall. Yeah, we did get a good deal at AEG. We only wanted their floor games, and they were only giving you a floor game. Because, like, they had games that were sitting on the floor and ones that were on shelves. So they said, well, the games on shelves, you buy one of those, you get one of the games on the floor for free. And I was like, I own most of the games on those shelves. So that's cool, and I think that sounds great, but... What can we do about these games on the floor? And um, they were kind of like, well, do you want, is it any purchase? Is there anything else here you want? So there were some promos that I bought, um, which didn't quite get up to the uh, threshold. But when they kind of asked, which games did you have? I was like, well, I backed this Kickstarter. And then I also got this in with it. And I have that. I also have that. They were nice enough to sell me the promos and let me get some of the uh, games from the floor as yeah. well. Yeah. So nice. that was a really good deal. Um, I think Sleeping Gods was less than it should have been, yeah, or less than it by retail. It was a hundred. I think usually it's hundred twenty or more. Um, 
don't know if there are any other like we did get three on the last day. We got three games for sixty dollars. Two of them were Reiner Kinesia games. Oh right. Honestly, um, I don't even know what those are. I know I, I, I carried them around for a while. But. Yeah, Blue Moon City, Taj Mahal, and the River. I think and that was from Games and Games Enter. Um, so yeah, bought those games. Bought a few other things. Uh, the furnace, I feel like, was kind of a big one. That's because they were near the front. They yeah. had a lovely little train going around, and it is a good game, good price. They had playmats for a while that eventually um, sold out. Um, some other things. They, they're all going to be, I think on our Instagram, I might do like a day kind of like talk about a thing from the uh, convention every day until I run out of things from the convention. Right. Um, we were, we'll see how that goes if I actually do that or do that right up until the next countdown starts. Oh my gosh. I didn't get 180 things. So I think we're good. Um, but yeah, we got that. We um, bought some things from the regular Gen Con official merch store, which is now done by Rollercrit. Things seem really nice. I got the tour shirt, which kind of has this like faded wash on it. Like it's an old tour shirt. I, on one hand, I feel like, well, I could have worn this enough to make that happen, but it does look really cool. Um, so you got a Gen Con pride shirt from yeah. the previous vendor, Offworld, Devi- Offworld Designs. They still had some of the stuff from them. And let's see, you got the Gen Con 2021, like baseball kind of style yeah. logo. And then I got a Genevieve shirt, which I think might have also been we got, from the We old. paid for and then got a free Sagrada mask. Oh, that's true. That's true. We just, I don't know what, we saw a lot of the masks. They were very popular. And I think it may have been a tactic on day one to give them away for free so that people would walk around wearing them and then go to the booth, which honestly is pretty good advertising. Yeah. So, I think a lot of the other game publishers said bitter things. They're like, are they just giving those away? We did get one. There was another publisher that that asked, like, "What's going on with these Sagrada masks?" Because you know that, but that's just proof that maybe they were giving them away just yeah. to do a little bit of advertising. Yeah, for that it. worked so, nicely for them. Yeah, um, got some tea. I got a, I got the sampler pack of tea from. I oh think yeah. Tea and Absinthe was the name of the booth. Yeah, I felt like the 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 so non gaming related yeah. products that were like gaming themed were they were not there was not so many of them that they were like it was like. You know, like sometimes you go to a convention or you'll go to a thing and it'll be like, oh, we're going to be about this thing. And then really it's just like every oh, other anybody's market. Like, yeah, I will say it, and it, it was did all not have that point. feel. No, yeah. yeah. It wasn't that feel at all. It didn't feel like anybody just came in to sort of take advantage of the fact of a bunch of people being there. It Everything did like, oh, feel you can very good. used bicycle parts in the back right, right. of the convention center. No, no. There, was, there wasn't really any of that. And there are certainly a lot of booths that weren't, you know, we're very into board games. We're not into tabletop RPGs or other things like that. Of course, there were booths that were geared towards those things. Right, Lots right, of right. art booths as well that were covering maybe things that were a little more in that area or just general pop culture. There were some. Now, I will say there were some like T-shirt kind of shops and things like that that were more just general nerd culture. Um, there were like some anime kind of yeah. uh merchandise shops but yeah i felt like it was a good obligatory henna tattoo spot there was henna tattoos as well i didn't see where that was until like the last day and then uh you know that was earlier today that i actually saw where that was but i would have done that probably oh but i just didn't i didn't see it i kind of saw people with them but i i didn't even think like that it was just a booth there i thought it was like something else that happened somewhere else um yeah so for Purchases and costs, like what we paid for stuff, I don't think they were like crazy good deals. Um, but we did hear pretty often 
as I mentioned in the game section, that like they didn't get everything that they expected to get. Right. Well, and I think uh, it, it's just nice to to give your money directly to a publisher. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And even going on still now as we record this, um, Miniature Market, who already will sell games below MSRP habitually, was also running another 10% off. Right. So it, there is that kind of balance of, yes, I'd like to be, I'd like to give to these publishers who were nice enough and, you know, took moderate risk to come to um, the convention and, you know, staff it for four days. So you kind of want to give it directly to them for those efforts. But at the same time, checkbook's not limited or unlimited. Right. I don't know why I said checkbook. I don't even have one. I, I yeah, we get, yeah, checks yeah. three at a time. We, no, about the, once a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your 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 finances aren't unlimited to spend like that. So you do kind of have to. There were some trade offs where there were things that I got there, and there were things where I would look them up on something like Miniature Market, and then think that's a big enough difference that I don't know that I can basically just give that as a tip. Right, right. Because right. at the end of the day, I'm going to end up with the well, same in game. In the context of like, you know, we bought 18 games in yeah. four days. So oh gosh, did you know, we ever? We can. We're going to buy more games. Did we ever? And we have been this year as well, buying games through our local game store. Primarily, we've gotten some things at Target. Yeah, but the game I don't know that I've gotten our, anything on. Yeah, um, I don't know that I've gotten anything on Amazon in quite some time. So we're already trying to shift to that, but that's not easy. And you are just. I mean, it, it is, is like, easy. It's expensive though. Well, that's what I mean about it being difficult because you're kind of, it's it's kind of like you're tipping your game store to exist to like the same way right. you would tip like a server or something like that because yes, you can just get the same game for less money. Right. Um but yeah, overall I thought that there were um I thought the per- I thought the things that were available to like buy kind of the and what you could shop there and the cost of them it all seemed pretty reasonable. And it's nice to get games like that especially some of those Kickstarter things. I think for Kickstarters, they were probably cheaper because you weren't paying shipping. The games were already right, there. Right, right. I think that probably was a big advantage. Yeah. All right, moving on to logistics and equipment. So by that, I mean like ro- walking around the convention center where things were, getting from point A to point B, and then also like the things we carried with us and how useful that was or wasn't or what you felt like you needed to keep with you. Well, I'll kind of start with parking. I think we made we made the decision to just pay $30 a day to park. Right next right to right St. Mark's, the, yeah, right, which is St. across. John Evangelist. St. John? Mm-hmm. Why do I think it's St. Mark's? I don't know. Well, the church on Georgia Street. It's right across from the convention center. But and next to that is a parking garage. But honestly, I think it's the best hundred dollars we spent all one hundred and twenty dollars we spent all weekend. Is well, parking there. and we considered, even though we live local, we considered treating it really like a vacation and getting a hotel room. And then we saw the prices of hotel rooms and decided that we would drive back and forth. So really, it's like we got a hotel room for our car at the parking, at garage, the parking garage instead of us getting actually much a hotel for getting a hotel room for ourselves. Yes. So, so that in was that case, but that was a trade-off and it was we would take games um cuz this is literally across the street from the convention center and we were also parking pretty low cuz we were getting there pretty early every morning. So we were taking games back to our car and not having to walk around, you know, walk around the convention or walk around the city even just back to the car with them. That was really nice. And I got the ZipBuy app on my phone. Yeah. And literally just drive up to it. Don't have to press anything on my phone. Don't have to do anything. The gate opens. When you go to leave, you don't have to look for a ticket. Your phone's next to it. The gate opens and it charges your card. 
So you're not, it's not one more thing to keep up with one more thing to make sure you don't lose. Yeah. I thought, uh, from a, from a, from a convention logistics perspective, Mm -hmm. I thought things were clearly marked. There was lots of signage. Yeah. Um, it was really easy to find things. The convention center itself is well laid out. So that's nice. And they had that interactive map as well. I don't think the Gen Con app now, I don't know if that's my phone or the app itself. I felt like I'd have to sign in more than once and it would kind of, I felt like it wasn't working great, but it did work enough to get done what I needed. It's very convenient to have, to log into that and have all of your tickets so you could see where you needed to go. And you didn't actually need the app for your electronic tickets. They would just scan your badge if you had right. electronic tickets. So that was super nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the logistics of moving around the convention center, it's big. So you can walk quite uh, quite a ways to get from point A to point B. So I think it is possible that if you had back-to-back events, you might find yourself like, oh, that's further than I thought it was. I think one thing is interesting. They have like a, a really heavy uh, no bad reprint type of deal. And our friends ran into that. They did end up getting their stuff taken care of. That's fine. I, I think it's surprising to me that more of like like more of the identification and who you are and access isn't kind of oh, like just all tech, digital digitally driven yeah and i feel like maybe that's a little on me to like realize like the whole world isn't well on and when you phones th- but so much when you think about how independent some of those vendors are because i think you sign up to just be a vendor or be like putting on an event it's one thing to say like oh yeah like uh cge or like some game company should be able to scan in your tickets and manage that right but some of the other people like i feel like the crochet event i went to it, there's just that very much a difference there between what's happening in like the companies running their right, right. things. So sense. for every one of those people to have to have something to scan and they're in all these locations across the convention center, I'm guessing that's what slows them down. But we went to the library. It was um, digital. Yep. They, they scanned our badges. And then also at the cosplay contest, they scanned right. our badges to get into there. So I could see definitely for some of the bigger events. I don't think that the Dice Tower did, though. And I think bigger events that are like in a one of those locations right. should maybe by default have like digital digital ticketing. Because it's not we end up getting the little um, badge holders, holders yeah. and then they have like basically a wallet on the back and some zippers. So I wouldn't say that's necessary, but that is very helpful to get that, put your tickets in it so oh, yeah. you're not having to like find, you know, rifle through stuff to find it. So we also had, I had a sling bag that I kept with me with like hand sanitizer, which is the thing I use the most. But I also had like some tissues and all that kind of other little odds and ends. And every once in a while, you might be playing a game. So I'd leave the bag with you and go walk around. And boy, it feels great to be unencumbered walking through the and there's so many though board game tables right makes great $40 bags great $40 bags and as the convention goes on everyone has them and so everyone is the size of two yeah but I mean again people. parking close like you're gonna yeah, need a solution drop to get that your games stuff. back in somewhere um, somewhere but I think people do buy like I think it's like I'm gonna buy what I can carry yeah and that's gonna stop me from getting it's more a good things. spending limit I think it's good right and that's why I think those board game tables bags hold a lot of games you can put them right on your back and just keep moving yeah so yeah so i think for the final day the colts were also playing yeah that's that was a little rough and that definitely changed third that changed um georgia street into more of a tailgate environment because it doesn't really feel like a tailgate it feels more like a festival 
Yeah. Up it, until it that from, point. It went from craft beer to Bud Light. It's what it did. It went from craft beer to Bud Light. Yes, it did. So I think that you kind of, I'm not, you know, personally wild about clouds, crowds in the first place. And I think that also helped me see just the difference in tone between the Gen Con crowd and just the general Colts football fan. Yeah, and it's just crowd. it's a lot of people in a small area already. And then right. you get you have the the Colts game. Well, and it's because it's in it's in Lucas Oil. I think oh, on a typical year that's not going to happen. Yeah, and I'm on a guessing... typical year, Gen Con stretches into Lucas Oil because there's so many people. Right. Well, and so one, they wouldn't have been able to use Lucas Oil on account of the Colts game. Two. Yeah. It's in August, so the Colts will be in preseason, and almost certainly they're scheduling around. Yes, yes. I, um, I don't think that ever. I don't think that happens. So that'll never time. happen again. This is not relevant. Right, but I, mean, I, I, I think to some extent maybe that it kind of did make it feel a bit more like maybe it made it feel just bodies wise, like it like normal for just Gen this Con. morning. Yeah. I don't know how many people come to a Colts game. So yeah. All right, we're getting near the end of our list here. Now we're just going to talk about things we love, things we hated. So what was something that you... We'll start with hated, so we'll end a little more oh, positive. Oh, we'll end on the positive? Yeah, so let's start with something that you hated. Oh, man. Or disliked. Well, let's not let's not push it straight into hate, but dislikes like. You know what? Let's go with dislike. Yeah. And this is uh, this is a complaint that I don't think anyone should remedy or should anything be done about it. But you yeah. know what? I'd like, I'd like more comfortable chairs. I did not like the comfort oh, of the chairs. Of the general chairs. Just in general. Now, let's the see. ones that were in the like halls, the A through D. Yeah. Those had were like padded folding. They were chairs. a little nicer, yeah. Those were a little nicer, but yeah, throughout the regular kind of exhibition hall. And then no seat. I, I I disliked almost exclusively standing up to eat. Oh, more or sit sitting down on the ground space. to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More tables and chairs for eating. I think that's fair enough. But there's you know hard to have enough space, and I think they didn't want to pack people in. Understandably, at right. this time. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that things I didn't, that I disliked, and this is also like not a, not, this is really an impersonal observation, but I have not been to a convention. I'm used to just watching, um, videos about board games online and then also watching the people that teach those games online, like Rodney Smith and others. And it was... When you're going to do these demos, as Aaron said before, it's not necessarily that these people are full-time employees, these publishers. Right. And they are also maybe not skilled as such. Some of them were great. Some of them were and absolutely some of great. Them were not. So that's going to like, I guess it's going to bridge my love and hate is sometimes it kind of felt like maybe just let me read the rules real fast here instead of what is is being said. And it was still, so I see the game in person. And in general, it's nice for someone to tell you the rules, but it wasn't always. There were, there were people that were doing uh, a good job of just giving you a sense of the game and others that I think were actually trying to teach you the whole game, maybe even still not doing a very good job of that, and then leaving you more confused. Right. I think, and some of the publishers clearly gave their people like a demo script and we're mm. trying to show you not the whole game, but like a, a, yeah. a reduced portion of the game to get a good feel. Yeah. And I think that, that I, was pretty successful. I think that is a better tactic. It is nice to allow people to play the full game, but I think what's also nice about giving them a bit of a script is you let more people in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th there's definitely different styles of, of how that went down. And we did, we demoed a lot of the games that were on the floor that were in our kind of interest genres. And Yeah, that's true. Um, I think there were some where you'd have to kind of really 
not there wasn't like a straight up line. And I think maybe in other years there is like a line to demo things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't really a straight up line for things. There might be one crowd of people like waiting to get in next, but I don't think it stretched too far beyond that. Anything that I saw. And uh, I think it was maybe Saturday was the day that we spent the most time just like sitting down to a table. Like there's an open right. table. Let's just sit down to a table. And you can kind of, if you're at somebody's uh, publisher's booth, you can kind of sit down at one table. And then if the one next to you opens up kind of as you're, you can just move over a table right. and kind of musical chairs all all the way through. Um, was there anything else that you didn't like? No, I think I'm good. I don't need to throw any more rain on this parade. I think that, um, this is kind of like a dislike into like I found a secluded bathroom. <laughs> I never went to like the main thoroughfare bathrooms, but I that would probably just and that's not any that's not anything different than any other event. So that's gonna go into like is I was able to find I think just quiet spaces in general is nice. The convention center is big enough. And I think upstairs there are more comfortable chairs as well. So there are places to kind of not really leave, but get away. There's a quiet room as well. I did not go in there. Um, But there's a place where you can go. I imagine they have comfortable chairs there, but maybe they didn't. Um, Nobody would leave. Like, right. It becomes the, yeah, nap room. It's the nap room, yeah. Um, What else? What did you love? Oh, I think... um, I think I loved most of the ticketed events that we went to. I think I loved okay. kind of, I, I like, to, I'm not super, like, I don't love the exhibit hall. We talked about earlier how I'm not really there to make purchasing decisions. I'm just there to play and support. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the, the I mean, and it's it seems obvious that this would be true. The best game teachers were the people who were full-time employees for their publishers, which you get at the ticketed events. And in the one mm-hmm. case, the game maker is, you know, instructing you how to play the game. Uh, it's super great to 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 to, to need uh, a rules clarification, and then the person who wrote the damn rule book is sitting right there. Right. Um. They probably understand and get it right, so that's good. Well, um, yeah. What they say so, is going to be right. So yeah, I, I I think I liked kind of the times when we took a two hour block of time set aside to mm-hmm. to learn a new game or learn a new uh, re- uh expansion of a game. Right. I really liked going to the. Well, I'm going to say kind of two things. I like to go into the Dice Tower top 10 a lot. One, it was, it was really well done, really polished. And um, two, over, um, certainly throughout the pandemic, um, I've watched a lot more board game YouTube content at large. And that, uh, I shouldn't say obviously, but that definitely includes the Dice Tower. They're prolific. And it, being able to see them live without a screen in between was sort of surreal and i'll also say this is on the uh love side as well for the convention i don't know how i think this is true all the time based on kind of things that have been referenced but i think what also makes it it's still there's a lot of people there but there's not like this separation where you don't see the dice tower guys like they are on air talent and therefore they're not the ones working the booth and the same can be said for a lot of the game makers designers publishers um ryan lockett sold me a t-shirt i got a sleeping gods t-shirts they're only ten dollars so i asked him for like you know get the right size and all that kind of stuff and i didn't know that that's who that was until i walked away right so i think you know 
you could create not like a power distance, but sort of an exclusivity distance. And it feels not that way at all. No, I think it's, 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 it's a group of like, as a whole, the industry seems like a group of people who are just really interested in like community and sharing right. this thing together. And it was, it was, it was right. Really and nice. a, yeah. Advocating and building up that community. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when you're watching the YouTube videos, like they're kind of made in a way that like, that's how you would feel because you're at home and they're talking straight to you. And I think that in a lot of other things, you might get to a convention and you'll it'll be reinforced that that is not reality. If anything, it this kind of thing feeds the delusion that you're close because they're uh, Mike Delicio sold me the little promos. Um, I think Chrissy liked my shirt. Yeah. We and they were the ones running the little like they would hand you dice and you put it in the tower and then you could at the win. dice tower. At, they were running the dice tower at the dice tower. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so they were actually the ones they are running it. So I think that is sort of a surreal thing, and it does reinforce that everyone's in there for love of the hobby. And I think that is the thing that I loved about going. You can kind of feel that energy and be surrounded by um. So many people who are into the thing you're into, enthusiastic about it. People just walking by and like looking at what you're playing. You can just kind of walk with people, ask them about what's going on. And yeah, a lot of camaraderie. I think you kind of hmm. feel, this is something I talked about with uh, some acquaintances that I happen to see there. You feel a different sense of camaraderie going to, I think, Gen Con. It was our first one. Then you do just some other random event. Like if you just well, go to a sporting event, think, you don't necessarily feel that same kind of camaraderie. And I think e even just taking Card Hollow as an example there's plenty of groups of people where you try to do a thing like Card Hollow, where it's basically just legit volunteer driven. Like yeah, people go and wander in, up. It's not even like people, sign up and volunteer. People no. just wander up and spend their time building it, building those things, and then no one tears it down until the auction where we support charity right. to tear it down. That's there's there's groups of people where I mean, I think about how many people come to Gen Con and not one idiot was in the group. It, well, I'm right, sure to just idiots, run but, but through and knock it over, and like knock it over. Right, yeah. right. I think that's a good. I think that's a good point that no one just is, um, you know, egot egotistical to the level or self-involved to the level that they are not respecting this thing that we're building together. And maybe some of that comes because of the nature of the hobby. I think whether you're doing tabletop RPGs or or board games, there is like a rule book. There is like we are right, kind right. of coming together uh, and agreeing to do this thing. So I know that one of the things that uh, Roddy Smith says, like board games give the opportunity to become better people. And I think that you see, it's like a collection of people that maybe more than average are interested in becoming better people. Yeah. Subscribe to Board Games with Variant Hex to know when new episodes are released because we don't know. We have no schedule. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Variant Hex. We're a lot more active on Instagram. Um, we may start streaming on Twitch soon, so you can follow us preemptively there. Also, Variant Hex. We have a website with a blog that we rarely update, but you can see what we've done before. That's VariantHex.com. We'll be back with another Gen Con episode sometime soon. And an episode following that where we talk about playing through the games from our Gen Con haul. You can visit the aforementioned social accounts to see a spoiler of what all we bought. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. 
Now go play some games. <laughs>